brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts, offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us today in the locker room. My name is Alan Locker, and I grew up watching As the World Turns in Guiding Light. As I was stuck here in quarantine, I was thinking about how I was missing the shows I grew up watching and thought some of you might be feeling the same way as I. I know since I started this on April 3rd, you've, you've been begging me to bring some of the ladies from Landview here today, and we've got a great group with us. So let me make some introductions and let's get started. We have Fiona Hutchison, who played Gabrielle Medina, Eileen Kristen, who played Roxanne Roxy Balsam, and Tanya Walker, who played Alex Olanov. So let's say hello, Fiona, Eileen. Hello. Hello. Hi, mine just says T, because that's what all my friends call me. Hey, T. Hi. Uh, let me uh, apologize. I don't know where Andrea is. We might have had some Pacific Coast East Coast time confusion. I hope not. Hopefully she'll join us. If not, I will uh, try to get her back another day. But ladies, thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate it. How's everybody holding up? Thank you for having us. This is very exciting. good. Thank you for having us. You're welcome. Let me also just say, try to <laughs> not talk over each other because it will cut everybody out. This is, you know, this this new online medium. So uh, I have a question. Yes. I have a question. Okay, question. hold on. Okay. Give me, I've give been me a lot of Zoom meetings lately. Okay. Andrea says she's backstage, so hold on. Oh, good. Yay! Yay! <laughs> but uh, I don't see her, so I'm resending her the link again, so let's see what happens. Okay. Okay. Um, but Andrea should be with us momentarily. So, ladies, how how you're holding up? Are you, are you, um, well, um, learning anything new during this pandemic? Doing, taking any projects? Tanya? Tanya, can you hear me? I've been writing um, a lot. There's a new, uh, yeah, I'm talking. Can okay. <laughs> yeah. Can you hear me? We can. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. <laughs> um, yeah. 
usually, usually I'm not unhearable. Um, yeah, I, I've been working on a project with Steve Alton, who made the movie Meg, you know, the Megalodon shark movie. And he's creating a really neat um, website that he has. It's going to be an interactive um the pre people that are watching it are participating in it and there's going to be like seven different um, CGI places that they can go in this incredible virtual place in the ocean so they can watch the dinosaur sharks like eat each other and stuff like that and um, and there's a hotel in there and I help design the, the rooms um, and it's just it's just really amazing all the rooms that people spend all this money to take the monorail out to and then they're in this big ball of glass and then the hotel rooms go down into the ocean and then they see everything in the windows and i'm pretty excited about oh, that wow. and then i'm also writing, i'm writing a sitcom about grief <laughs> that i started okay. watching yeah it's really kind of funny um the things that you go to yeah. I can I just wanted to ask you there's a whole bunch of questions and things and, and yeah yeah ignore we, them I'll I'll bring them in when when I can oh. I'll bring I'll bring the questions in there's now, a, everybody's go ahead Eileen I have a technical question I do have a technical question it says here share screen is there a way to make this bigger or no I I it's don't different. think I don't think so unfortunately okay. Yeah, it's hard. That's why it's hard to see people's mouths moving or starting to talk. <laughs> okay. Are, are you taking anything on, Tanya, while you're... Uh, sorry, Eileen, while you've been home? Learning anything uh, new? Or? No, I, I, I'm promoting full-time uh, the show Melange. Great. That Dora yeah. uh, wrote and produced. Yay. And... Uh, <laughs> other Gary Donatelli director and I, I, uh, it's I created on logo link. yep I created this link so people can Great. find it easily. so we have to get eyes on it because if logo knows that people really care and want to see all of us uh, they will probably produce the show but we need the views right now so that's what I'm trying to do pretty much full time try to figure out the viewership and Get them excited about it. Cool. We'll but also, I'm doing a video call, put a mask on it. That my my friend Scott Yanni, my songwriting partner, uh, wrote a, a song with this woman, Terry Gallo, uh, called Put a Mask on It. And it was part of the competition that uh, Cuomo's daughter did. Unfortunately, we didn't we didn't win, but we got in there. So. Okay. That's so awesome. a very important mask. I put a mask on it. Put a mask on. Tell us about the role that you're playing in Melange. Well, I play Dolly Faye, a woman definitely with a long past uh, at the bar that she works at. I, I think that bar has been open for at least 30 some odd years. So, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of backstory. And um, what happens is the owner, uh, who's played by Robert Newman, passes away rather tragically, and um, Morgan Fairchild, who was his wife, comes back to claim the bar. And uh, nobody knew that he was married because... Um, hey, Andrew, give me one second. They, they assumed he was gay. And he, he is gay, but he was married to 
their job. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's really good. Oh, it's great. It's, awesome. it's really fun. It's colorful and fun. So I sent you the link again because for some reason I don't think it was working. So I sent you the link again. Um, I've seen the ads, Eileen. Okay. I've seen the ads for the show. So okay, great. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Give it a give it a look. It's it's, uh, it's really it's really fun, and and we just need the support as every project needs the support. And um, I loved it. Uh, there's a lot of interesting people in it and I can assure you that if it gets picked up Tom is going to add a lot of people so well Tom Dangora is a million great ideas he's got a million great ideas and most of them are very successful so I have no doubt this one will be also yeah great, great ideas that's great and Fiona you, you where's are Andrea oh there's Andrea Andrea's here Andrea Evans, everybody. Yay! Yay. <laughs> <laughs> worth waiting for. Leave it to the kids to help everybody out. You know, on my phone, I had it set up. It said I was backstage the whole time. I'm like, why are they starting? It says I'm backstage. But anyway, it's fake. <laughs> you're here. You're here. We were just hearing what everybody was doing during this time. Oh, great. I'm just turning uh, my up. Fiona, you were about Hi, to. Andrea. You... Hi. Hi, honey. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Fiona, you're, you're teaching during this time, right? Yeah. John and I have been head of a performing arts department at a private school in New York City called York Prep. Oh, wow. And we carried, we just carried our division. I've been there for eight years. We do three productions in off-Broadway shows each year and when this happened we took everything online so um it's been an you know a big learning curve but rather educational program online on, on zoom and it went over very well i think the students and the parents were all very happy the administration's very happy so we're ready to do online and in school in september whichever way we may do a combination of both and then uh, as far as outside projects go, Andrea and I are about to work on a project together, I think, called The New Norm. Awesome. So I, just got the, I just got the script. So, um, uh, yeah, it's, I think it's a comedy, according to the script. I hope so. <laughs> I think so. I hope so. The I New Norm. Or else it's tragic. Yeah. But it sounds like a great yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's it's funny. It's it's funny. It all takes you know. It's all being filmed uh, on individual locations, obviously with our phones and so on and so forth. <laughs> and then they put it all together. So uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nothing like doing hair, makeup, and lighting. <laughs> well, that's what I had to do for this. You think those flowers are already always there? They're not. <laughs> Well, I've been teaching my yoga classes and my drama classes on the floor in my bedroom. And that's just the way it is because we have a full house here with two boys who are graduating college and John is teaching. Wow. So all the rooms are taken up. <laughs> so you get me in my bedroom. That's it. Oh, a lot of people would like that. 
<laughs> and Andrew, what have you been doing during this time at home? Uh, during the quarantine time? Oh my gosh. Well, one thing I've been doing, I can explain. I have the camera far away from me. I'm a runner and I tripped and fell on the sidewalk oh. uh, this weekend. I have a black eye. <laughs> So yeah, I've been running a lot. I'm training for a half marathon. I'm, I've actually also been working on my memoir. You know, my managers have been wanting me to do that for a long time. And um, I'm starting work on that. Plus, I'm starting work on our second documentary. Um, I executive produced a documentary, you know. Yeah. I didn't hear that. Hold on one second. I want to test out something. Hold on. Okay. It's hard to hear. Yeah. I think Andrew's got, um, Andrew, I don't know if you have the phone still around or if you have head, headphones. You're, ha you're having some sound issues on your end. My technique my job <laughs> yeah, it might it might help out. Um, she Andrea said she was working on a second documentary. Yeah, I was in Rocking the Couch. Yes. So it was a little bit of a too tight close up on somebody that's fifty nine, but you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, when I saw the movie, I'm like, no, that's a really big face. Is better now that I have the headphones in? There you uh, are. That's better. Something is staticky though. There's somebody some... in popcorn. Yeah. Could it be Hold your on. phone? Yeah, it might be the phone that's still open. Maybe we need to take the phones off. Yeah. That sounds better, I think. I think that sounds Does that better. sound better? Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. A little better. So actually talk about rocking the couch, Andrea. Um, yeah, I uh, co-executive produced a documentary called Rocking the Couch. It's about the Me Too movement. People can find it on Amazon Prime. It's been really pretty successful. It's also on Real Women Network and um, all kinds of other places and Roku and all this kind of stuff. And um, it's gotten very good reviews. It's, it's, um, and it stars Tanya as one of our stars. Kim Olaf Compassion is another one of our stars that the soap community might know. And um, it's really dealing with with the Me Too movement. We were inspired by what was going on with Harvey Weinstein and Bill Cosby. And we wanted, we didn't think the whole story was being told, like from the, from people who were really working in the industry. So um, we were interviewing people, asking them for their stories, and wanted to present it from all different sides. And also present the history. And what started the whole thing in motion is we were talking about it saying, why is this? Why is our industry the only industry where a term for sexual assault and harassment, in other words, the casting couch, if you mention it to anybody, they snicker. They mm -hmm. snicker at that comment. So, you know, and there's nothing to snicker about. There's nothing funny. So we just kind of wanted to approach it from that angle. That's great. It's great that it's getting so much attention, too. It is. So please, yeah. please watch it. And Tanya yeah. was lovely. She has one of the most poignant memories, um, poignant segments in the whole documentary. It makes me cry every time I watch it. Thank you. Mm. Oh. 
I'm, I'm, I'm sorry you had to experience that to share yes. that. <laughs> you know, the same thing, but, but you know, sharing it de definitely helps other people go yeah. through that. Um, we're, we're definitely still having that audio. So one second, Andrea. Does it seem to be Andrea's audio right now if everybody's talking? I can, I can still hear it. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, there's, there's no static now for me. Okay. That's better. I'm going to try things here. Well, that's better from my point of view. I'm not hearing a click, click, click. Right. It could be Fiona's. Fiona, it might be you, but let's let's it continue. Could it could be. So um, since we're here about a One Life to Live reunion, does everybody remember their first day at One Life in Landview? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, Andrew, yes. you want to go first? Yes. Yeah, mine goes way back a lot farther than everybody else's. <laughs> <laughs> we're not we're not counting. We're not counting. Well, I was a teenager, as was the character, so they went way, way back. Um, I remember it very well because up until that point, I had done some films and some television in the Chicago area, which is where I'm from. I actually moved the night before from Chicago to New York into a women's boarding house, which is the only place my father would let me stay at. And so I got up that next morning, walked to the studio, and um, I got there at 5.30 in the morning, because that's what time I always got there for films, and nobody had given me a call time. So I showed up there. I was two hours before anybody else showed up, and um, kind of petrified. But my biggest memory was of Erica Slezak, who really took me, you know, under her care and in a very maternal way, helped me through my first day, my first few days in New York. She was absolutely wonderful. Oh, that's terrific. Hey, Fiona, do you have headphones that you could grab? Yeah, let me see what I saw. Hold on. Okay, I'm going to put you backstage. Okay, great. Yeah, that was I the mean, problem for me because I hear yeah, better. Me, yeah, me too. Eileen, do you remember your first day? Well, the interesting thing um, was that I got the job as Roxanne the day before 9-11. Oh. And I, I, I read very, that. Wow. Yeah. So I was very excited about it. I was actually going to see one of the kids that I, I had done volunteer work in a, um, in a shelter. And one of my kids was in, uh, in prison. And he was going to be released pretty soon. But I would go to visit him. And he called me mom. And then he, so every week when I go to see me, go, Mom, do you have a job yet? Come on, Mom. <laughs> so I was so excited because I was online at this prison, and my agent called, and uh, he told me it was Roxanne, Roxanne Balsam. And I said, what's, it's, what's, what side of the tracks is she on? And he goes, uh, <laughs> oh, she's a bad woman. And I said, Roxy. So I was so excited, though, but I was so excited that I could tell Antoine that, you know, mom got a job. And then the next day, as we know, um, everything seemed unimportant except our lives and, and the lives of all these people who passed away. So it was really hard to think about. They wanted to negotiate with me. They had called that morning and I said to my agent, I, I cannot, we'll talk about this in a week. And then I started working. I remember very well. I started working on Rosh Hashanah, which usually I, I asked to have that off. But because everything was so crazy, I didn't realize it was Rosh Hashanah. So 
uh, I started that day and it was a really quiet day there. And Gary Tomlin, um, he was so, so great to me. And Erica was so wonderful. And the, the scene that I had with Erica was so funny and so great. But the thing that was so strange to me was back in the day, you know, only when the light, only when the red light was on, did you think you were actually on camera? Mm-hmm. But now all the cameras were all on. So I, I thought as I did one of my scenes, I said, they're missing all my best lines. <laughs> I mean, I had real And I was pissed. I was so friggin' pissed. I'm going, wow, what's going on here? I don't know. No one see these takes, these And because it was so, so I said to Alan Needleman, our stage manager, it was so great. I said, yeah. well, no, Alan wasn't there because Alan was out that day. But I said to whoever was the stage manager, I said, I think they're missing some good moments where he goes, Eileen, it, every camera's on. They do the edit out. Every camera's on. So it was like, okay. But it was a, it was a great day. And Gary, <laughs> Gary he goes, what are you going to be doing for a while? And I go, I'm going to be doing this for a while. Because they told me it was only possibly for a month or so. But I kind of knew that that character would, you know, would hit. And it did. She had legs, that but character. <laughs> That character had legs. Um, what? And I said that character had legs. You, you knew she was going to yeah. stick around. Yeah. Yeah, and six and heels. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and is it true you played uh, another character years earlier? I did. I played Georgina Whitman. I had been an ex race car driver who became a car mechanic. And I think that was in 1982. It was not the happiest. It was not the happiest experience for a couple of reasons. I was, um, I had taken um, cortisone for a skin infection, and also had tried to go holistic with my thyroid medication, which equals an extra 20 pounds. So um, it was a little bit disturbing um, for me and for other people who were expecting. Old Eileen, and it was it was it was a little tricky, but but everybody was very gracious to me. Uh, I worked with a guy, Craig Lucia, who was so great, and uh, and and Asa, and all the gang. You know, the three brothers. It was it was great. Right. It was and it was a good experience. They fired me. They fired me, <laughs> and then they hired me on Ryan the next day. So it all worked out. It all worked out for the best. <laughs> Tanya, do you remember yours? That sounds so dramatic. (laughs) Yeah, I remember mine. I remember mine. I've told my story before. Um, I had come from General Hospital. And the best thing about being on General Hospital, it was the number one show on daytime. So I didn't realize that we had so much latitude. Right. So I left that show and I came to this show. And over there, it was one more time, no notes, no notes. You want to do anything different? You want to try it again? Anything you want to do? You like it? Oh, okay. So I come to One Life to Live. <laughs> Hello, Betty. So so I saw Paul Roush, who had just hired me, and we did a full dress rehearsal. And uh, and then I saw him leave before we did it. And I said, where do you think you're going? This is my scene. And he's like, he's like, yeah, I know. I just saw it. I said, well, it's not going to be the same. 
And, and I mean, this is the, the first day of the character, and it would be great if you were here. I'd never heard of a producer going anywhere before the taping. Well, he left. So we get out on the stage, Fiona, you know this. So we get out on the stage, and this guy that played Rafe messed up his line. And then Bobby Woods messed up his line. And I said, cut! <laughs> and the people, <laughs> and the voice of God came over. The, what, what happened, Tanya? I said, well, well we all messed up. I hadn't, because I hadn't spoken yet. But, but you know, and, um, I said, it's really important that we get this right, because if we don't, then this whole character gets started on the wrong foot. So I just thought we should probably take another shot at it. And they're like, okay. So we take another shot at it. The next day, <clears throat> I got this uh, very big, loud message to come to Paul Rauch's office. And I walked in, I said, hey, did you see the dailies from yesterday? It was really, really fun. He goes, actors on my set don't say cut. <laughs> I said, but you weren't here. And if you had been here, you would have said cut because it was awful. And he messed up his line. He messed up his line. And I didn't want it to be a trash. Good. <laughs> actors on my set don't say cut. So that won't be happening again. <laughs> yes, yeah. sir. Right, I walked out the door and I thought, holy shit, this is a different experience. Did he have a cigar in his mouth? <laughs> yeah. Did he have a cigar in his mouth? Of course. <laughs> always. Always for Paul. Always. Oh my always. God. I couldn't believe he went to the farm before we taped. But then he went. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really different. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and Fiona, yours? My first meeting everybody was at Kennedy Airport uh, after I did the screen test where it was in Paul Rausch's office with an actor that was just there for the day. And Paul had his feet up on his desk and he's reading the newspaper, smoking a cigar. So I got so <laughs> angry that I hauled off and slapped the poor actor who fell onto his desk. <laughs> And I and I I left the office slamming the door behind me, but of course I couldn't get back in because it was locked. <laughs> so I stood outside with all the interns and went, "Okay, well that went well." <laughs> wow. Yeah. As, so I I didn't know whether I got the job or not because he didn't say anything to me. He opened the door and let the other actor out and then closed the door on me. So I thought, <laughs> okay. You know, the poor the poor actor was shaken. He didn't know he was just hired to read opposite. And uh, we both went downstairs and uh, we went home. And then I got a call from my agent that I had to be at Kennedy Airport the next morning to fly to South America to the Iwazu Falls. Wow. But as we got to uh, Kennedy Airport, we were snowed in for two days. So I remember sleeping oh on the floor God. with everyone we were going to work with. Wow, um, that's, not, that's not a bad way yeah. to get a job. Hey, get on a plane and go to Iguazu Falls. I mean, yeah, how many people um, get that? Yeah, yeah. So Paul and like? I had a very uh, we had, well. It was great, actually. I mean, it was stressful, but we certainly we all got to know each other. You know, it's a bit like doing a mini film. 
before you go into doing a, a sort of weekly, monthly job. It's like being on location and doing a film and everyone gets very tight. I'd say the sad thing about it was that some of the crew were hired just to go down to South America. So I missed some of the crew members when we came back to New York because they weren't part of the crew. I missed them. They were very, very sweet. Well, and but it was not, great fun. There's not much uh, like Iguazu Falls. I actually have been there and it's pretty oh. spectacular, isn't it? It's amazing. It's spectacular. Yeah. You yeah. uh, can't even describe it. Correct. No. I, 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 I haven't been there with my husband, and I would love him to experience it. It is spectacular. Yeah, it, is. it is quite something. And Andrea knows it particularly well. Yes. She's <laughs> yeah. to a chair in the middle of it. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. went over the Iguatu Falls. So. Correct. Exactly. Yeah, you did? Mm -hmm. Exactly. I didn't. Now, they made three like <laughs> Clearly, I wouldn't be here telling you about it if I did. But. We went through three stunt people that day. Yeah, exactly. I don't think anybody would survive going over those falls, to be honest. No, they did. They made three life-size dummies of me. I had to go through the whole process of being, you know, all that. And and it's true. The, each dummy, like, exploded on impact. <laughs> right, right. There's that rocks everywhere. And also, the more interesting thing, my character, months later, they find I've survived, and I'm on a beach by the Iguazu Falls <laughs> and they had three native, you know, indigenous people to that area standing over me, looking at me. And they were actual indigenous people who didn't speak any English. <laughs> right. Oh, wow. Yeah. How did they, they take your yeah. action? Um, they just kind of had to stand there and look at me oddly. And they already were because they were from deep inside the Amazon. And I don't know if they'd ever seen a strawberry blonde before. They were fascinated by my hair. I bet. It was like a really fascinating thing to them. They just wanted to touch it and look at it. And I'll never forget that. Well, I that know that temperature you made, down there was quite something. It was 125 in the shade. We were there in that a oh, wave. It was oh, really God. hard. Wow. Really How hard. Long what, really what, hard. What, what month is that? What month was that? Do you remember? I think it was or January I, because, and that's their summer down there. Yeah. And it was, that's really hot. It was actually a that's very why difficult shoot it was very difficult but you're in argentina yeah. how much can you complain you know yeah and my character was created from being from argentina so yeah. it was the uh the, the sort of platform mm -hmm. that sent gabrielle into the landview storyline yeah well, i know i know you made some fans happy talking about paul roush because people wanted to hear some paul roush stories oh, so, uh, yeah. oh i miss paul you, you did yeah. some you did some good. Oh, he was a, he was a great guy. I mean, despite some of those stories, he was a great guy. And he was a character. There's no yeah. doubt. About oh yes. Yeah. Yes. Like he's a character. He a character. With you, you know, uh, in in like Netflix's Hollywood, you would expect him as the producer. And absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. when he was when uh, I came back uh, from California, and Paul Roush was producing Guiding Light. I came back on with Hutch, who was about 10 months old, and I discovered I was pregnant again with, with a, a second child, Trevor. Uh, but I was breastfeeding, and so when I came back onto the show Guiding Light, it seemed as though my, my nothing became the center of attention. <laughs> Uh, they they entered the room, you know, before I did. Uh, you know, I kind of know how that is anyway, but that's... <laughs> I, I don't, exactly. but, Yeah, but, you know, so I, 
So I noticed they were taking that angle every time I stepped onto the stage and everything I was wearing, I was up to here. Uh, and so I thought, well, the best way to break the news to Paul, as I did, was in the stairwell while he was smoking his cigar. I said, so, Paul, I've noticed the shots that you've introduced my character with. It basically is these girls go first. And he chuckled. And I said, so John and I figured out a way to keep these girls going because they don't come naturally, you know, when I'm not breastfeeding. And he went, oh, <laughs> he just went, oh, you really want to do that again? <laughs> I, said, I don't think that's a choice. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. But yeah. so, so who or what was the biggest influence on you for becoming actresses? Eileen? Oh boy. Well, oh, did you say anything? Um, yeah. I, um, I started off as a dancer. And um, one of my biggest influences was a dancer named Bambi Lynn. And Bambi Lynn was the uh, the dancer who came out of Shirley Jones's imagination in Oklahoma and in Carousel. Oh wow! And she and so she inspired me, and also I loved Sandra Lee, who was Tiger Lily, mm. and she's a Sandra, Sandra is a friend of mine, oh. uh, which is so great. But so uh, so dancers had a, a huge effect on me, and. I knew that I was not a great dancer, but I felt like I, I had something to say as a dancer, so I was able to do that. I worked with Michael Bennett. Oh, wow. The man, who, the man who really gave me my start was the most magnificent dancer, Matt Maddox. And Matt was in, uh, he's the one always lifting up Marilyn Monroe, dancing with Sid Therese. And Matt was my teacher, and Matt came over to me and uh, he said to me, would you like to be on television? And he was photographing <laughs> the Bell Television. So that was my first job. And um, um, Robert Young was the host and Carol Lawrence was on it. And I was 15 years old and that was it. That was it. Also seeing the Fantastics when I was eight years mm. old and I saw the Fantastics and I went, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm going That's to be great. doing. Do you remember who was in it? Yeah. Yes, I Remember do. Who? I know exactly. <laughs> Kenneth Nelson, who did Boys in the Band, Rita Gardner, Jerry Orbach. And I got to work oh. with Jerry Orbach, actually okay. playing kind of a girlfriend of his on Law and & Order. And um, I thanked him. I said, look, I just have to thank you. It's because he, because we went backstage because my mother knew Kenneth Nelson. And they were all sitting around in underwear. This is cool. This is really kind of cool. And... <laughs> So, uh, you know, I told Jerry that I had seen him in his, you know, tidy whities and, uh, and but it was so great for me. So I thanked him. I thanked him for giving me my introduction into show business. He goes, thank me. You should hate me. And it was interesting because I think you've been extremely successful. You have a career that every actor would admire because he's done, yeah. Jerry Wallback has done everything. And, everything. Uh, but he said, what I I've had, but he said, I've had some really hard times. Sure. So sometimes, you know, we think we know what someone has gone through, but um, we don't, you know, we don't. It's a hard business. It's an extremely hard business. Mm -hmm. So those, mm -hmm. those were my people. And Tanya? I, what about I, I want, oh. sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Fiona. No, no, I, I, I do wonder how this very 
situation of quarantine is going to change how the business works from a business point of view, from con from contracts and from pay to play and all that sort of thing. I should think the union is working overtime trying to figure that out right now. Oh yeah, sure. Everything is. Right, it's not just this industry, every industry. When is the pilot season? We're going to be a pilot season. I mean, it's just January was nothing. February yeah, was right. nothing. Right. You know, it's crazy. And Tanya, what was your uh, biggest influence or led you this, this down this path? Oh, I, it's going to sound so corny. I just knew I was supposed to do this since I was like three years old. So I did. I just always knew that's what I was supposed to do. Were so you my, always alternative, my alternative was um, I like to dig for rocks. So um, and I love fossils and I love hiking. So I thought, well, I'll be an archaeologist um, or, you know, singer went together. Um, I, I'd like to be a teacher and I have been a teacher. So um but not like a not like a certified teacher because I have to get that degree. Um, but I just knew this is what I wanted to do. So news would have been my backup. I was a communications major in college until I got snatched up at the Miss USA pageant. So that's why I stopped school. But um, now, after I had my kids, I had to try to see if there was something else I could do. I mean, I produced a very successful independent film. Um, and found Zac Efron, which was kind of a big deal. Um, <laughs> I gave yeah, that was that was that was his first film, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and he did High School Musical after that, which was nice for me too. But um, I love, I still love news. I like journalism. Um, I hate what's going on today because everybody. I was gonna ask, I did read that, and I was going to ask you, where does that passion for news come from? Journalism. I've just always been a question asker. I was always a, a rebel in school. I was the first student on the Board of Education. I was on the Baltimore Area Council, Student Council, the Maryland Association of Student Councils. I just rah rah sis boom ba for the people, you know? <laughs> and, yeah. And, and so that's how I've always been. But journalism is supposed to be who, what, when, where, why, and how, and no slant, no adjectives, no nobody's opinion that's what news is supposed to be and we can't get it anywhere now so the first amendment where everybody's supposed to be able to you know freedom of the press i don't think it should be freedom of the press to lie to everybody i think it should be freedom of the press to, to tell the who what when where why how thing um and it's really tough because i think people aren't getting no one no one getting news no one, yeah. everyone is getting someone's opinion. The New York Times, the Washington Post, the LA Times, the Wall Street Journal, yeah. kind of like the Wall Street Journal a little bit, but but again, they all have a lot of editorial in their supposed news broadcast. Mm -hmm. And I think it's bad for the United States. I think it's bad for the citizens of this country. Scary. Oh, well, I can't do much about it. I've also yeah. learned and gotten older that I just can't fight City Hall all the time. You know, sometimes you just have to let God do it. So I'm working on yeah. praying for that because I really think it's important. My kids, I have to express to them, you know, that they need to read this and then they need to read that and then they need to watch this and then they need to watch that and then they need to make up their own mind. 
because Tanya, is- perhaps you need to start a platform where you are broadcasting news in in your own words well i've thought about it i had a i had a show called straight talk live with tanya walker and i had uh, governor whitman christine todd whitman on um talking about the pros of nuclear energy and then i had um, someone from the Kennedy Foundation on talking about the bad things about nuclear energy. Um, and I enjoyed doing that, but I wasn't really telling the news. I was just showing both sides. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I, in Hollywood, if you don't go along with everything everyone else thinks, um, you, you, I mean, I do go along with a lot of what they think, but I've just noticed it's very scary here. Mm. I just think that nowadays we have so many platforms and I, I just, if there were a time to start your own opinion, if you will, not that it's your opinion, but to share the news in your way, because I, I, I know you a little bit and I agree. I like the way that you, produ- that you present the news. I personally think it's very unbiased. So I, um, I think I vote. I vote for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks. Well, I'll, I'll well, consider that. I'm going back to remember, though, that News has to be vetted on, on, unless you say this is my opinion. Like when Cuomo speaks, he says, at a certain point, he says, this is my opinion, as opposed to the facts that he's reading. Right, but right. All these, uh, no, I, I can't say for Fox News, but I do know that the, the amount of lawyers, uh, a friend of mine who lived upstairs uh, was head of the news department of, on CBS News, and they had a staff of uh, many, many, many lawyers vetting news before really? it was ever on. Uh, so they took back pretty good. Uh, uh, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I have yeah, more, no. you know, show that's your opinion, it's your opinion. And you yeah. have to state that it's your opinion. Not necessarily that facts, because if you vet it, you find that it's not true. Right. Uh, what was your entry? I hear adjectives on all the major anchors talk. I hear adjectives, and I shouldn't. None of us should hear adjectives. This happened, that happened, she did this, he did that. This is where it was. We're going to cut to so-and-so to tell you about what their experience was. You know, that's what news is supposed to be. It's not supposed yeah. to be like all one way or the other. And, and there's never a, well, I don't get into it, but it's, yeah. it's, it's just, there's a lot of times where there's, there's a lot of sides to a story. Right. And, um, you know, well, always. Fiona, sorry, <laughs> Fiona, what was your entry into acting? Uh, I, I too started off as a dancer. Mine was classical training. I, um, trained at the Royal Ballet School in London and then at the New York City School of American Ballet and then American Ballet Theatre. And then I had a, a, an unfortunate fall uh, while I was dancing with the Cuban Conservatory down in Miami and I fractured my lower spine. So that sent things in a different direction when I was 16. Wow. Um, uh, after that, um, Eileen Ford was... Um, very interested in having me do a Canon towel commercial at the time, but my parents didn't think that that was a good idea. So I, I but I, I met her, but I didn't do the commercial. Then once my, my father died and my life was sort of more my own uh, at the age of 20, 
22 or 20, I met her again in New York. And uh, she said, well, would you want to go on a go-see for a commercial? And I said, uh, why not? Uh, so at the time, my hair was very, very long. And I went in and did this audition for a German shampoo called Champ 2. And I flew to Germany in a couple of days, spent about 10 days there shooting this commercial where at the time this was in the 80s where if you remember we had a lot of people trying to speak English while they were doing commercials over here they might have been from Germany or France or broken English I was doing the opposite I was trying to speak German which I've never done uh, with an English accent uh, so um, they they brought in a, a, a coach and basically we did it word by word as I was washing my hair in the shower so I brought a check back to Eileen Ford for $10,000. And I thought, well, I suppose that wasn't the worst uh, way to spend 10 days. And uh, it, it sort of progressed from there. You know, these, 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 um, these sort of steps that you take as you start out in the acting field, they're not always uh, full of drama. You know, I, I, would, I would work with Julie Bavazzo in New York on Little Women and, and powerful Shakespearean pieces. And, and then I'd go and make some money, you know, shampooing my hair and speaking broken German. So. <laughs> <laughs> Not so bad. And, and Andrew, your entree? Well, much like Tanya, I always knew this is what I wanted to do. And a modeling agency stopped my father and I in Chicago on Michigan Avenue. And she was very kind and said, your daughter's the most beautiful girl I've ever seen. If you're interested, give us a call. And my dad would have, bless his heart, he's gone now, but he would have told the story. So he took the card and said, thank you very much. And walked a little bit away. <laughs> and apparently I stopped and dug in my heels and said, dad, give me the card. <laughs> and, um, so I started doing commercials locally in the Illinois area. My very first commercial was a pizza commercial for Southern Illinois area. And then that led to doing Brian De Palma's The Fury, which was on location there. Then I did a mini series, um, the Pioneer miniseries that was being filmed in Illinois. And then uh, Mary Jo Slater, the casting director at One Life to Live, had seen the miniseries, called my agents. And within a week of that call, I was there in New York. Wow. Change, changed your life. Completely changed my life. Um, and now that my daughter is 16 and I'm looking at her over here, I'm like, oh, my gosh, how on earth did my parents let me go to New York by myself? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I would be in a panic now looking at it from the other side of, you know, the other point of view. I can imagine. Yeah. So before the fans kill me, can you share, what, you know, some highlights of One Life to Live, some favorite memories, favorite stories? Oh, I mean, I've got one. You. I got one. I got one. <laughs> Ooh, okay. All right. This was in the old studio, Andrea, on, on, on you know, West 66th Street in TV the 17. lobby. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, TV 17. Uh, we had a food fight. I was scene. just thinking of the same story. Right, and we took it. We took it into the lobby, and everybody who was watching outside saw us continue the food fight, throwing <laughs> mashed potatoes at each other, and it was, it was great fun. I, I was remember that. Too. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, that was That's a great scene. Fiona, were you there for the live week? Oh, I you do. There for the, oh yeah, yeah. 
that yeah. live week, that was really an incredible experience. Yeah. Did it scare yeah. the Jesus out of all of you? Yes. Yes, I had, and I had yeah. very difficult things to do. It was when I was marrying, when when I uh, got Max drunk and, and we got married. And then he yes. wakes up with me in his bed. And that was all. <laughs> that, was all and that scene was about 10. There was a scene that was about 10 pages and it was very complicated. And But the adrenaline, I mean, it was just... Um, when I had done Ryan's Hope, that was almost like being live because we were on tape, but yeah. it was really hard to stop those tape machines because right. the tape machines were located out in Jersey somewhere, so you'd have to sit for 10 minutes. While I remember that too. I'm, when I first came on One Life to Live, same thing. Wow. Yeah. But, but doing it live was, uh, was wild. I wouldn't say that that would be something that I want to do all the time. But for that week, we got on board, and uh, I'll never forget, um, after the first show was over, all the, the writers and the directors were upstairs watching it and came down and applauded us all. And it was just You know, there were a couple of conversations that I had with Gary Tomlin, who was producing it that live week, and he kept saying, what do you think we can do that won't upset the actors? And I said, well, you've got to have the scenery fall down. You have to have one of the walls fall over. And so they kept trying to rig it in the in the scene that uh, Bobby Woods and I were doing, because we didn't care if it happened in our scene. In fact, Bobby wanted it to happen in the scene. But they, they kept trying to make the flat fall over, but it wouldn't fall over. <laughs> Oh, too good a work, huh? Too good a work, yeah. I mean, can yeah. you imagine, uh, you know, the the daytime actors that came before you who who actually did this live every day? It would be a blast! I didn't get to do it, and I think it would be a blast because my favorite thing about daytime, my very favorite thing, is that when the camera rolls, you do the lines, but you can you feel like it's live. You feel like it's it's better more than any other medium that I've ever done. And and oh, yeah. and and no matter how much you rehearse or whatever, the magic happens when the camera rolls. And when I got to be on location, which I didn't get to be on location like uh, like Fiona and, and Andrea did, because they didn't spend the money um, back <laughs> when I was there. The furthest I ever got on location was when I went over to Mary Asa in Central Park. That was like <laughs> a long way. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it was really a blast, though. Just such a blast. And and the costumes Alex got to wear and, and coming on as a spy and then getting to be a thief and then getting to be um, the mayor and getting to be the evil person coming out of the mental institution and getting to be funny. You know, I mean, I just loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it so, so, so much. And I just never wanted it to end. I mean, I really enjoyed myself because they kept letting me change her and get to play other things. And I never would have gotten that anywhere else, anywhere else. So uh, I, on your website, Tanya, the, the, there's the scene of you in the uh, dermatologist's office, the uh, <laughs> yeah. not dermatologist, but meeting yeah. your son for the first yeah, the plastic plastic. surgery, meeting your son for the first time in, the, in that office. Yeah. <laughs> Really that was later on. That's when I went back to the show. Oh, so really like, funny. Really it funny. Was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. The really funny cool. stuff was like the wedding to Carlo Hesser. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You speak, yeah. you speak. I already know my lines. 
I mean, that was just all dressed in black lace. It was hysterical. You know, one of the things I think that we could do now that we've had this this very, very strange time happen, and now we're all on Zoom and we're in our own bedrooms, for God's sakes, I think they could do a live soap now. I think it could happen because the audience is much more available and prepared to accept perhaps odd things happening. In fact, I think that would be more interesting to watch. Yeah. You, you, you watch any news show or talk show today and there's there's the same sound issues that we had at the beginning, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. because, it, because it is all live. Um, yeah. Uh, Tanya, you just mentioned Carlos. Uh, talk about Tom Christopher, because fans want to hear memories of Tom. Yeah. He's the best. He was just the best. I mean, I when I got to work with Tom, we could almost read each other's minds. And every all the actresses have somebody that they've worked with where where you don't really have to say anything. When when something happens in the scene, you kind of are excited about what you're gonna do next. It may not be something that was planned or anything. There's a different um energy. It's magic. It's really magic. And and I had that with him. Um, I didn't have that with everybody. You know, you try to have that with everybody, but um, but it was really, really special. I mean, I loved working with Bobby, of course, and Asa and Phil Perry and all that. But um, with Tom, it was really very, very special. And and Andrea, working with John Leprano and and Cordentina, mm -hmm. was there a moment for you that you realized what Cordentina sort of meant to fans, like such a big couple that you two became? Well, yeah, I think there were some scenes where Tina supposedly went down to El Paso and um, met Cord. And then there's some scenes that took place in a barn. I couldn't even tell you what exactly these scenes were or what we were talking about. But I know as an actress, it was a very, it was a very good opportunity for me to bring some more reality to Tina because she was such a big character, so kind of out there that I relished the moments when I could bring I, when I could bring her to life in a more real manner. And with John in those scenes, with record John Leprino, it just came very, very naturally. I don't know if, you know, he, all, he and I both also grew up like 15 minutes from each other. In fact, I think we found out that in high school, we competed in a high school speech contest against each other. Oh. <laughs> but um, Amazing. Yeah, but there was a nice chemistry there. It was very easy and... Um, I think those scenes were, were very, very special because it showed Tina's very down-to-earth, more human side. Well, fans absolutely loved you guys. And I know fans loved Roxy and Max and Gabrielle and Max. How and was, and Max. We all slept with Max. Did somebody take Max from the other? <laughs> I missed him. I missed that. Did, did somebody steal Max from the other? Well, in a way, I did because I think Max was with Fiona before, and then he came to Landview and was pursuing me, which is why I went with him to Argentina, where we then met up right. with Gabrielle. So, sort of, Except, yeah, yeah, that's right. Because I, because I was pregnant with Max's baby in Argentina, so I right. don't know that how when that happened. <laughs> so Obviously, before <laughs> it probably happened in Kennedy Airport when we were snowed in. You know, we were all sleeping. I, I, I had a scene with Max where I think he's not quite appreciating, you know, uh, Roxy's New Jersey background and he'd like <laughs> me to be more cultured. So I, I, 
I remember that scene because I think you're on that day, um, Fiona, where I'm imitating you. Yes. And um, I come out and I'm serving him tea and I'm doing all that. And he yes. goes, What the hell are you doing? Yes. <laughs> and I go, Well, I know that you love her, so I'm oh, going God. to be like her. Oh, God. I think you did me much better than I do me. No, darling. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. how was how was Jimmy to work with? Because I know he he says he was uh, tough at times. He was tough at times. Yes, he's right. <laughs> you guys, the first week, you guys were great. You know, Jimmy's uh, he's a natural born yeah, director, and he's been directing you know quite often in the later years. But in the early years, when I first worked with him, he and I were both new on the show. Uh, and he was directing me every single, you know, second. Now, that turned out to be a good thing. Um, but uh, he really felt very strongly about love scenes. And everything had to be in place. And he's not wrong. He's not wrong. And we worked with the camera people that were going to be working in that particular scene. He, he's very much a natural born director. That's funny. Eileen, you were going to say something. I, I absolutely love working with him, but the first day, I like to rehearse a lot because yeah. the more the lines just come like that. So I love to rehearse. I feel like that's the part of the job that I really love so that when you can get out there, you can be a little mindless because the words are there. But so I go over to him in the morning after we do the the blocking in the, in the rehearsal room, and he said... Um, I'm working on a crossword puzzle. Uh, we'll have to <laughs> yeah. And I was, <laughs> <doing> yeah. <that. laughs> you know, like when later, like when, like when, because when I was on, I, I remember when, when I was on the second we time so around. Much. Yeah. We I rehearsed so much on the Sorry to interrupt. I, I do remember when those crossword puzzles started to come in because the first time I worked with him, there were never any crossword puzzles. When I arrived back and we worked together again uh, a couple of years later, all of a sudden he has these crossword puzzles. And I said, hey, yo, look, put down the bloody puzzle. Let's get these words underway. And he, he go, hold no. on. I said, I don't know. Something's happened to you. <laughs> That's funny. You know, as soon as... As soon as our stuff got on the air, though, he saw what was there. And then he was just a dream to work with after that. I mean, really a dream. And all the stuff that we did, the honeymoon stuff that we did was so hilarious. And he was so wonderful. And he's really very funny. I've worked with him on some play readings. I always He's always one of my go-to people that I call because yeah. uh, he's really wonderful. But that first day was like, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember any scenes? that you couldn't get through uncontrollably for whatever reason, the words or somebody else making you laugh? No. I do, uh, but it was not with not with Jim DePiva. It was with John Bizarre. Oh, yeah, I didn't mean Jim. Any With anyone. Just oh, something that yeah. really cracked you up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. John, his first day on the show as Father Tony, uh, I couldn't stop laughing. I mean, it, it didn't matter. It didn't. He had to. He had to. He had to eat Chinese food. But his, he was so nervous, his foot was hitting the bottom of the desk, 
and and his the Chinese food was going everywhere. We had seven scenes. It took us twelve hours to get through seven scenes. <laughs> oh my god! I I I the poor guy. I mean. You know, Locker was coming up, our stage manager, and he was saying, "Listen, we got to take a dinner break, and this is going to cost a lot of money." And I said, "Okay, don't worry, we'll get through it. We'll get through it." Anyway, we kind of got through it, and then the next day,、uh, ABC across the street called me over, and they said, "So, what do you think of this Biscardi guy?" And I mean. I said, "Listen, he's a breath of fresh air. I think he's hilariously funny." And they said, "We think so too. We're going to offer him a contract." But do you think you can get through seven scenes in shorter time than twelve hours? <laughs> Having the execs across the street can be tough, huh? <laughs> yeah, they hear you. They watch you on the feed. Yeah. yeah. But you remember when you have a foot on the floor? Do you remember in love scenes where you had to have a foot on the floor and your pelvis couldn't actually be on the pelvis of the other person? You had. I don't remember that.、Room. I guess Jim and I missed that. Oh my!、But、I know that they had to do that on the on the Lucy show on the on I Love Lucy. I know no, back in the fifties. They would have Carlo and I like the we were because we were a little racy. We were on that TV Guide, you know, thing with the sexiest people on TV,、um, because we kept doing things that nobody knew what they were, like、um, Gypsy Bandits. We'd start a scene with a with a like a bandana around our face,、oh, kind、yeah. of now, and、um, and different kinds of you know handcuffs and things. And so when we were doing, you know, that stuff. So we were just regular <laughs> kissing or laying around or whatever, and you know, the red phone would ring. They call it standards and practices, and they don't have standards and practices anymore. I, I hope people aren't in that business.、No. They're not working because <laughs> anything you want to do on TV seems to be okay. It, it, it's a lot、yeah. different than the one foot on the floor, for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What?、Um, can you share memories? Because I know fans have been asking about Phil Carey and Roscoe Bourne. Who me? Oh wow! Whoever wants to go first, you, you know. Okay. Okay. About Roscoe. <laughs> Uh, I did Ryan's Hope with Roscoe. We had a great time、uh, working on that show.、Uh, Roscoe was just a really brilliant actor. He never really was happy doing a soap, and I used to say to him, you know, it, because he loved doing music. I think he would have rather have been a musician. He's a great songwriter. But I used to say to him that、um, doing a soap provides a platform. For you, so that your weekend, you know, you can get out there in a club, and you have a following. You have a natural following, and、uh, you know, he never quite achieved that being able to balance all the other things that you could quite do. Because I did a lot of theater. I did a lot of off Broadway, particularly my last four years of Ryan's Hope, and I did a lot of club dates, as I did in One Life to Live the whole time I was doing it. But Roscoe was just amazing to work with, and、um, his loss—it's a, a tremendous loss. Tremendous. I'll second that. I loved working with Roscoe. He was so easy to work with. It just—he was always charming and wonderful on the set. I don't have a complaint about him. And his、um, his early passing this year was really heartbreaking. It really made me made me sad because I think he was such a sweet, sweet individual. And Phil Carey, who you also asked about,、um, I I was there long before the whole Buchanans all came into the picture. I remember when they brought him on, 
and actually One Life to Live was sort of getting in on the Dallas, you know, Western things, and they were bringing in this whole Western family. And um, Phil, Phil was the same on camera as he was off. You know, he, yes. he was the same. He was had a big personality. He was a really big dude. In fact, I don't think I realized how big he was because I was always fighting with him on air. And I even told my daughter because she showed me this old clip, and I'm like, oh, really puny talking to this dude. <laughs> because <laughs> he was big and strong and everything you'd want in like a a western guy from texas that's an oil magnet he was just <laughs> yes he, i second that when i came back to one life to live i was married to asa and oh, that man. was quite a storyline i loved every minute working with him because he was you know you'd run the lines but then as soon as the uh, camera was on it was playtime it was improv time. And the lines that we've been practicing was just the net to hold us. <laughs> you just had to hang on and find one of those. He was very big on the final line where the cameras have to cut. So if you've got a couple of sentences, that final sentence is very important because camera two is going to cut to camera three. And he was very aware of that. But if he had anything in between, uh, he, he go in many different directions. So that was quite fun. How about when he pushed up his glasses during yes. the scene with, yeah. a particular, with a particular digit on his yeah. hand that was um, yes. to yes. off, but you had to be ready for that one. Wait, what did he have yeah, on yeah. his hand? He would go like this. A, finger. a particular finger. <laughs> yeah, his glasses. He's he trying to push up his glasses, and he's using a particular finger. And, and, yeah. and you're, you're not supposed to notice, but of course he's doing this on purpose. Yes. Um, and Sorry, then, my there phone was, is then there was a morning where he just didn't really want to move in the morning. Yeah. So we'd yeah. come into blocking, and he'd say, I'm sitting here. You can have a walk around me. <laughs> And the director would go, oh, well, I had you. Do no, I'm not doing that. I'm going to sit here. You can have her walk around me. So yeah. then I walk around him, and that was fun. That's how I ended up on the desk so often and on the, my meetings so often and, um, you know, hanging off the door so often because <laughs> he was sitting there. And um, yeah. it gave me a lot of latitude. <laughs> it was really, I mean, he, yeah. was really, he was a big movie star. He yes. was going to do whatever he was going to do. And um, and that's sort of like Asa. He was know? our John Wayne. He worked Absolutely. with John Wayne. Great stories. He was a lot of fun to work with. It could be a little scary at moments. Back in the, when I first got there in the 80s, when I did that other part, Eric, those guys, they were uh, particularly Clint and Phil were on that prompter a lot. You know, that prompter was rolling away. And one of the best things to happen was to get rid of that prompter. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I agree. You know. So I never was, uh, But they would always invite me for lunch. I would always go to lunch with Phil back in the early 80s. So they he considered me one of the guys, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a compliment. Uh, yeah, since I <laughs> they yeah. love going out drinking during lunchtime and uh yes. you know i didn't even but they 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 always did a great job you know yeah whenever i had a scene with him after lunch i go okay we're gonna be flying solo here now. <laughs> <laughs> just hang on yeah. 
which way it's going to go. <laughs> That's great. Um, somebody used the word scared. Um, is there somebody, you know, when you came on, I mean, Andrea, you came on so young. Were, were you frightened of Erica or Robin Strasser, you know, just knowing? Oh, I was there well before Robin Strasser. So okay. <laughs> I mean, she was not the first Dorian. So um, no, I can't say I was. The only person that scared me was we had as a recurring guest star at that time was Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> he loved One Life to Live. And so wow. he wanted to do the show. And it was my storyline with him. And I remember first working with him because, of course, everybody knew who he was. Um, my parents were beyond ecstatic that I was actually going to be working with him. And he was just the nicest guy. But I, I remember a little bit of nervousness about that. Um, but no, I, I don't tend to get nervous. I don't know why. I don't, I don't have butterflies before I perform. I, maybe because I grew up doing it. So yeah, it's you're starting so young. Starting but Sammy so Davis Jr. Did, did make me a little nervous. I tell you, wait, I can't hear everybody. Wait. Yeah, I know. Lane Stritch scared the living bejesus out of me. Because we had, we had uh, Ruth Westheimer to help me teach Carlos Twin how to be sexy. <laughs> so funny. Then we had uh, Wally Sean, you know, with a lisp, big star. He comes in <laughs> to teach. Mortimer, how to speak like Carlo. Um, that was hysterical. Then they had Ann Ryan King, which was a little nerve wracking, teach him how to do the tango. And, you know, I'm just a mediocre. I'm not a dancer like these people are. I, I have to really work at it. And then, um, but when Elaine Stritch came in, um, oh God. And she, she was just so scary. And, and I, one time, um, they said she, she doesn't want to shoot her scenes before dinner. So you can go put your robe on and go out to eat or whatever. And I said, okay. okay. So I go to my room and I get out of everything. And then I hear Tanya Walker, please come to the stage because Elaine Stritch is ready to shoot your scene. <laughs> oh, no. I'm like, I'm on this show. She's a guest. Um, so, so I started to get pretty ticked off. So I put all my clothes back on and I went, back up there. She goes, well, it's nice of you to join us. I said, well, we were on break because you didn't want to work. So now it's really nice that you do want to work. And I got here as quickly as I could. And she said, you stay. And I said, you betcha. And so the game was on. It was game on, you know. And the scenes were really good. They were supposed to be like that. And they were. But she was scary. I always get pissed when I'm scared. <laughs> That's funny. I know. I know. Go ahead, Eileen. I, I, thought, it scary. I thought it was going to be scary working with Sylvia Miles. Oh. She played oh. my mother. It was one of the most phenomenal experiences of my life. She was a true pro. She came over. She sat at this table. We ran lines. We worked for two days before we ever had to get on set. And uh, it, was, uh, it, was a, it was really a joy to work with her. Going out with her socially was another thing. That could get kind of crazy. Really get crazy. Because she demanded a seating, certain seating, and they had to seat her in the right place. So it was always like, uh, you know, I was kind of like trying to shoot in the background. But working with her was a joy. She was a, just a consummate actress. Really amazing. I was so honored. 
completely honored. I think amazing. my nerves, my nerves were uh, on edge. I think, Andrea, when I first started working with you, do you remember, I was always saying, do you mind if we run it again? Do you mind? Can we run it one more time? And you'd be like, oh, all right, Fiona, if we have to. <laughs> <laughs> but it was because Andrea has a photographic memory. I don't know if you guys know it, but she can look at a page and it's in. And that's not something that I started the show with because before that I was, was doing theater and I was doing film and all of that does take, you know, they give you a lot more rehearsal than you get in a daytime show. And all of a sudden I would see a lineup of seven scenes or so with Tina, Gabrielle and Tina. I think, Oh Jesus, my God, I'm never going to get through all this. I've got to run it because I know Andrea's going to be word perfect. And if we have to keep stopping to do it over again, she's, she's just going to tear her hair out with me. So <laughs> I remember I was always knocking on your door. Can we, can, can we, can we run it one more time? <laughs> I, I, I seriously don't remember that. I'm, you know, but I hope I was nice. <laughs> you were, you were, you were, you were, you were. And, and then I would always, I would always challenge myself. I'd say, all right, all right. If I can run it once with Andrea today and get through all the scenes without making a mistake, then I'm improving. I always strove. That was my, that was my goal. My goal was to uh, really be able to photographically memorize my lines. Andrea, do you still have that photographic memory? Yes, you're giving away all my secrets, though. <laughs> no, it's a good thing, Andrea. It's a good thing. I learned so much. You, you really were tremendous to work with. Honest to God, this is an absolute tribute to you. Thank you so oh, much. Oh, well, thank you. I remember doing a scene with Eileen later, and I, um, I was commuting back and forth from New York to L.A., and I, I think we just had one real scene together, which was in Roxy's Beauty Parlor. And it we, was no, we a kitchen. We had seen with your dog. Yes. With that, that dog, that dog. Drain dog. We, but, had, uh, we had some stuff in there. I'm sorry? I remember. We had we had some scenes in the kitchen. I don't know whose oh, kitchen yeah, you're right. was. We some of those too. But I particularly remember the one in the beauty parlor because I think it was on a day I couldn't fly out to New York for a while. So I had like something like six shows in one day. And when I put my mm -hmm. script together for that day, it was like 105 pages of dialogue. Oh my so I had God. to take each scene because even my photographic memory was like really taxed. <laughs> yeah. I was so grateful. I wanted to run it over and over and over again. Um, yeah. Whereas normally I'm not that way, but I was very grateful that day. And um, I loved our scenes together. And I was so looking forward to it because I was a fan of yours on Ryan's Hope when I first came to mm -hmm. New York. And so Thank it was... You lots of fun to do and you were great and yes i did get through that day without any spring up anyone <laughs> but i couldn't remember my own name at the end of it but that's beside yeah. the point. <laughs> there, there, there should be a guinness award for the most amount of pages in one day i think that may oh, be yeah. it you know it was it was pretty daunting i was you know but hey you do what you have to do when they started six-packing the shows, which was a, a sort of new phenomenon where you would do six shows in five days, that's when you started to see your pages go from, say, normally 50 to 100 or 95 or, you know, you'd start getting those crazy number of pages. No, it's true. And I'm sure Eileen remembers this also. You were talking back in the day when it was live, when both she and I were doing Ryan's Hope and One Life to Live, respectively, in that time. It wasn't live, but, you know, you thought you, you, you know, committed murder if you had to go back and retape the scene. 
So well, here's yeah. the difference. Here's the difference, though. We did a full dress rehearsal. We did a full rehearsal, not in, yeah. in costume. We right. got a full set of notes. We sat around a table. Then we went into a dress rehearsal. We did a full dress rehearsal. And then we finally did the tape. And and originally when I started off on Ryan's Hope, we did a rehearsal the night before. Oh, we never did so that. So it was wow. It was a lot yeah. of rehearsing. So by the time you got to airtime, for the most part, you felt like you were in a in a theater piece. Yeah, uh, it was very so much scary. like that. Very much like that. You had the dress rehearsal and everything. And they also would film it as if it was live. You'd film it and then they'd take a break for where the commercials would be put in. Right. And then you'd go to the next mm-hmm. set. Oh, wow. Um, and it, it was just a very different way of doing it. And um, But I think there was more, more rehearsal time. You could spend more time on a scene, even though you did have that, you know, thing hanging over your head that you could not stop the scene. <laughs> yeah. You couldn't screw up. Yeah, you couldn't screw up. But I think that's great because I think through my life, I've always been that way now mm-hmm. as a result of that. Right, that's great. I just remember when they would say, "Do you want to do another take on General Hospital?" And then, even on One Life to Live, it would be like, you know, "Do you mind if we tape the dress?" You know. Oh yeah, that's and I go back to General Hospital after many, many, many years, and they're I'm shooting six scenes in a day um, because they've shot the rest of them already, and they flew me in for this. So then. Um, they don't rehearse really. You, you do your blocking and then you shoot it. You're blocking and then you shoot it. And I was like, oh my God, what happened? You know, what happened? And I, I don't really think that's fair, you know. Um, but it's fair went out with a Pomona, I guess. But it's really, it's faster. It was faster than anything else that anybody's doing. It was always hard for movie stars to come in and do their thing because Very it's not the same. Um, it's hard, hard for people that work in, in nighttime television. It's so slow compared to what we did. And now it's amazing. I mean, now it's like, you know, like that. Um, yeah, yeah, they're taping, they're taping, we do another movie. And, I'm sorry? I was just going to say they're taping triple the amount today than they did. Oh, absolutely, to cut down on costs. But it's always yeah. so nice when you do a film and – it, it's more like what Tanya's saying. It's like you do the scene, you rehearse the scene, you do the scene. Let's try it again this way. Let's try yeah. it again that way. And you're like, wow, <laughs> this is awesome. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. yeah. The same um, timing is so. I'm having trouble slow. hearing Eileen for some reason. Yeah, I think it's her, Eileen's internet. Can you repeat what you said, Eileen? I didn't say anything of value just now, but uh, <laughs> now I can hear you. <laughs> Everything is. Everything's of value. Exactly. So, you know, the, the soap fans who are all tuned in today, I mean, you've all appeared on numerous soaps and made connections with fans. Is there something that stands out, you know, a fan letter, meeting a specific fan or just, you know, because there is nothing like daytime fans. I mean, they, you know, you're in their living room mm-hmm. five days a week. You become their family. And I have to tell you, there's something so remarkable because it's been a while since I played 
Gabrielle or or Jenna. And now when I'm making costumes for these shows, for the 40 or 50 students that I've got in Chicago or Cabaret, I go downtown to uh, these lovely stores on 6th Avenue. And I went in and the most charming man, Brian, came up to me and said... I'll get you anything you want and I won't tell anybody that we're working together today. And I said, uh, I'm sorry. I don't think I know you. I need some beads. He goes, Oh no, no, I've got you. I got you, Gabrielle. I got you. And I I thought, what? You know, here I am in my teaching grunge and I don't think about anything except I've got to get these bloody costumes made. And I have to tell you without Brian, I wouldn't be able to make any of the costumes I make today. So Brian, thank you. That's that's awesome. Can That's we answer awesome. the questions later that the that all the fans are writing in? Could could we just sure. tell them that they can write to us on our Twitter or write yeah. to us on Facebook or whatever? Just so Instagram, whatever, just so that we can get back to them because they've a lot of them have asked a lot of questions and um, yeah, a lot of them are just talking about story points as well. I'm looking at those you know questions, but they're all they're all talking. <laughs> They are. I mean, that's that's what's truly amazing is they are all, you know, you you bring them together. They're they're, you know, be, you know, when you were on the show, social media really didn't exist as as much as it does today. And a lot of them have created groups where they're. That's what I've loved about doing this. I just see that so many of them have become friends. They'll come into the chat room while we're live, and they they just start saying hello to each other. And it's really because of what you did. You know, it's the characters you portrayed, you know, fans of, you know, each of your different characters that have created mm-hmm. different groups of people who have really continued those friendships. Think about it all these years later, too. Well, know. and it is different, too, as you said, and having done um, a, a lot of different soaps, you know, and some of them, you know, pretty fairly recently. You know, it's uh, now that social media exists, it's it's really a great way to hear from the fans and to get to know them and to, to see what they have to say that we didn't have the advantage of, you know, a long time ago, but nowadays it's, it's kind of awesome. And and all four of you also appeared on the Bay, right? Each one of you. Um, Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 I just finished shooting a new series. That's a spinoff from the Bay called YA. And that is going to be coming on the platform, I think, sometime to, I don't know the exact date, but I know that they're getting ready to platform it. I don't know what the word right. is these days. Stream, stream it. Stream it. Stream it, platform stream it. it. So uh, yeah. it was it was made for Amazon Prime, but now, now that it's a finished product, it's being shopped to, I, I suppose, numerous platforms. Because at the time, Amazon was in the driving seat, and now product that's been filmed already outside of quarantine way of filming is sort of uh, has more opportunity to be shown in more mm-hmm. platforms. Yeah, I think, uh, Andrea, I'm looking forward to doing the new norm because in a way it is a play on the characters that you and I and Jim have, you know, that it's putting together the fact that we have a history, but of course we're by different names. Oh, yes. It's very tongue-in-cheek sort of referencing that. And it's, it's a lot of fun. And again, it's by the same people that do the Bay. This is my third season on the Bay, I think, that's up there now season five and um 
it's very enjoyable. It's, it's kind of, we're talking about the way soaps are made. It's uh, when yeah. I do today, I always feel it's kind of a cross between shooting a, a low budget film and a soap. It's a different way of filming. It's a different way. And um, it's like, nice to know that the medium has, you know, has uh, success, success long after people said it wouldn't. I mean, right. That are on right. The air right now. Uh, that are on the network television and other shows being streamed, and it's it's a, a yeah. great thing. I know I just saw I on something on Logo TV and Melange by Tom Bora, who and I just love it. I just yeah. love it. I'm hoping to yeah. drop by. Well, Tom, <laughs> I have Tom, to, men Tom I have mentioned to, I have there's, there's a role for you. Sorry. He did, and I've been um, talking with Tom about it, and I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, he, I think he, it's he fine. LGBTQ soap, and that's what this is. And um, the LGBTQ community has always been very good to me, so they're very dear to my heart. And would love to do the show and work with Eileen and a great cast, Morgan Fairchild, and a, a lot of different people. It'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, me too. But I did want to say that I'm doing Tainted Dreams again, and that was um, they've been asked to do a third season. Sonia Blondiardo has been asked to do a third season and she's starting to write that and um that's really cool really um, that's uh -huh. i hope you can do that i hope she asked me to do that that was so yeah. fun it was a great uh, time sonia's great i love it sonia i did want to say happy birthday to two fans i think uh finn is having a birthday today they said happy and carol birthday. and happy carol birthday. and uh we, we have fans from england and bangladesh people from all over oh, today so i really nice. can't thank you enough for doing this today thank you all for spending thank the time you. well we can't thank you enough for putting it together it was fun that's right yes thank you yeah. so much for thank thinking you. of me and always it was so great to see all of you i mean oh man yeah stay here for a minute i'm going to put you backstage as i sign off so you you guys can chat for a couple minutes and we'll we'll say goodbye. But thank you again, really. I appreciate your time today. You bet. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Tomorrow, Friday, uh, I have Scott Holmes and Ellen Dolan, Margot and Tom from As the World Turns. Have a great evening, and I'll see you tomorrow.